This episode is brought to you by CEP Compression Australia. CEP Compression Apparel gives the user more energy, greater endurance and enhanced performance during activities. Hey Aiden, how you going? Yeah, good. That's Much better than the last time I spoke with you. Yeah, I tried to call you on the morning of. Um, probably fortunately for you, having uh, some tech issues on my end, you seem pretty pretty ruined there at the end of the, the run. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty crooks there at the end. I, um, yeah, was uh, feeling a bit unwell. I kind of... Um, put in a bit of a surge in the last K and came across the line and kind of collapsed on the ground and um, yeah, I was feeling a little bit unwell there and yeah, found a nice patch of grass in the, um, uh, just after the, the finish line and sort of laid down there and spent a couple of hours just, yeah, getting, uh, coming back to life again. Yeah, I did notice your last K was your quickest, if I was correct, looking through your Strava. And his driver is correct, which is um, an amazing feat. Does does it help having the, like at the finish line that that atmosphere at the Gold Coast being quite unique with like it's almost a K of running tents and, and the atmosphere coming into the race precinct is amazing, right? Yeah. Oh well, it was um, a pretty epic sort of um, story. The way that it kind of all unraveled and yeah, it sort of culminated in that last K. But uh, yeah, it is nice running through. Um, I think that's the unique thing about the Gold Coast is that you've got all the local clubs. They kind of set up their tents at the end there. And I know in training had a, a really good um, uh, cheer squad that were, were well established on the finish line. I think a few of the half marathon runners from the day before sort of stayed on. And um, yeah, just running that, that last kilometre, you just get this... Uh, second win from the adrenaline of, of everyone sharing you through. So yeah, it definitely helps. Yeah, I tell you, I reckon there was less on the marathon day because I think there's more out doing the marathon. So, so I think there was a few less in the tents than the half marathon when I had run through. But uh, likewise, yeah, it's such a great atmosphere to finish. But yeah, I guess the purpose of this is to, to sort of reflect on your race, your seventh overall. And from what I'd seen, third Oceana runner. Uh, is that correct? To Jacob Cox and Louis McAfee? Yep. So this must, like, for you, rank right up there in terms of performances. Is it the number one performance in your eyes, or do you see something else prior to this run as a better run? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm in two minds about it. I think, um, you know, from a, from a place perspective, uh, I mean, granted, this year's Gold Coast, the field probably was a little bit lighter than what it has been in previous years, I guess, um, you know, with COVID and, and travel restrictions, things just starting to come back. I mean, we did have, um, there was a, a good strong contingent of, of Japanese runners, but, um, you know, there were also a few that sort of weren't able to make it this year. So, uh, yeah, I don't think the field was the strongest it has been, um, but I was really happy with the placing um, to be able to finish third uh, behind Louis and, and Jacob to stand up on the podium with them was was pretty amazing. Uh, from a time perspective, I definitely think um, I've got unfinished business over the distance. Uh, definitely think there's a lot more to take down on that. So um, bittersweet. Also, nine seconds away from um, that sub 220. 220 yeah. was the goal and um, yeah, I didn't didn't kind of tick that box. So that was a bit frustrating. It was also um, nine seconds that cost me about $500 because they've got uh, time bonuses for the for the marathon and um, oh, right. the first one was 220. So I missed out on that as well. Did you so know that when you were running? Yeah, they, they briefed us on that the day before in the Elite <laughs> Athletes uh, briefing. So that was the goal to get under that. And for every minute you get under, there's kind of, it increases the, um, the incentive. So that's the great thing about Gold Coast is that they really do their best to, to support the athletes and, 
and really trying to um, you know, encourage good performance. So yeah, it was a bit frustrating that I just missed that, but I definitely know that I can, I've got a bit more up my sleeve for future races. Yeah, that's great to hear. And I, t- I totally agree. I think, you know, you're in your mid-30s now, but you seem to be on the rise. This year has been so amazing for you in terms of results. That They've been great. And definitely, I think there's room for improvement. Um, so I don't disagree. And yeah, I do agree. The field, look, from sort of 1 through to 20 was definitely a bit light. But I'm looking at the results now, and there's so many runners from about 2, even 2.25, but 2.30 upwards. There's probably 60 runners in the 2.30s, which is amazing depth. Um, but yeah, the, the Japanese contingent, I'm, I'm looking at four four runners in the top 50. And, and I think that's normally uh, a lot higher than that, isn't it? Yeah, there was um, there's run, one runner uh, I met a couple of years ago at Gold Coast, um, Takamaru. He, um, he's run Gold Coast uh, pretty regularly. And um, I met him down uh, on the Gold Coast and just uh, you know, became friends with him on social media. And uh, for a while there, I was trying to learn a little bit of Japanese. I went over to Japan um, as part of the 2019 Gold Coast Marathon, the first Queenslander home, got a trip uh, over to Japan to run Kobe. So they have like a sister relationship with the marathon over there and they send runners from their marathon over Gold Coast and Gold Coast sends a, a runner each year, male and female over to there. So um, Tanil and I, Tanil Ellis and, and myself, we were um, sent over that year and uh, Takamaru was um, uh, one of the runners who was also running Kobe as well. So we developed a pretty good online relationship and uh, I follow all of his, um, his running journey since then. So it's good. It kind of builds the, um, uh, the international relationship between the two marathons. Yeah, they do. The Japanese generally love it, don't they? Um, I'm looking again, it's like 90% from about one through to obviously um, Fukuda had, had won it, Japanese runner, uh, just over 210. But from one through to, to about 40, we're looking at almost 90% Aussies, which again, mm. we can look at it in a few ways, a lack of a few international runners, but just so good to see so many Aussies in there as well, uh, which is really healthy. And then obviously 230 upwards, there's there's plenty in there. And the depth is amazing. Again, some more international runners ranked in lower. I'm seeing a Brazilian at 71st. How cool is that? <laughs> That's great. So heaps of variety. But um, how, so how were the few days leading up to it? Was everything pretty smooth sailing in Tabor? Any any concerns? Yeah, no, I think, um, uh, well, there was, um, I mean, the four weeks going, this was, I think, after our last interview. So I don't know that I've really given you the rundown on what, what I've been up to since then. But I um, about uh, seven weeks out, uh, in the middle of my marathon build, I strained my calf muscle. I was doing a hill session and um, felt good on the hill session, really strong. And then went for a cool down and it was just like, it seemed like a neurological thing. It just all of a sudden my calf locked up and it just wouldn't let go. And I thought, this isn't good. And um, yeah, sure enough, the next day I could barely walk. And that kind of knocked me out for about a week. I was just sort of easy jogging on the treadmill. Um, But it just like it gradually over time released and um, there didn't seem to be any major damage. It did like the next day I could barely walk. I I had to kind of hobble through my my 5K. I've got kind of a goal where I want to try to run at least 5K a day. It's just easy jogging. And I managed to get through that, but it was a real sort of struggle. Um, But after seven days, it started to come good. And then um, on that seventh day, uh, found out that um, Levi had come home with COVID from school. So sort of went, uh, all right, oh, shut ourselves yeah. in. It's going to be, it's inevitable now. And yeah, sure enough, after that, uh, I ended up with COVID. So that knocked me out for immediately another week. So that was two weeks kind of gone where I was just easy jogging on the treadmill. And I thought, you know, that's going to be the end of the marathon build. Uh, but Brendan, uh, who I train with as well, he was kind of saying that it would make more sense to run the 10K at Gold Coast. At the time, I hadn't run a sub 30. So uh, target a, a sub 30 there and you should get in a good field to get dragged along and kind of tick that box. But there was something, you know, I really still wanted to run the marathon, even though I knew my preparation hadn't been great. So I did a uh, tempo a couple of weeks or like a week or so after I'd sort of just come back from COVID and 
it didn't seem to really hit me too bad. Managed to recover okay. Uh, the tempo, 10K tempo went really well. Um, felt really good, really strong and jumped in for the gold, the so Brisbane half marathon and ended up running a PB. So came first there, ran solo um, pretty much most of the way and ran 66.05. So that yeah, was I was going to really say it was about 66, yeah. How, well, how much of a PB was that? A minute or so? Uh, our PB before that was 66.24 down in Melbourne. Oh, okay. I was that close. Yeah, I thought it might have been a, a bit more significant still. 20-odd mm -hmm. seconds. Take that for yeah, sure. But, yeah, I mean, Brisbane, like, I felt really good. It was pretty cruisy. Um, I felt strong, but not really sort of absolutely redlining it. Um, it was a you know, reasonably hilly course. So 66.05, I think, in that run really gave me a lot of confidence. And then the day after, I kind of went, well, I think I can run the marathon off that. And But I also wanted to still get that 10K in. And Launceston was the following week. So I sent uh, uh, Richard Welsh, Welshy from uh, the um, Launceston Running Festival a message and said, oh, do you reckon I'd be able to get a start in the 10K? And yeah, seven days later, I went down Launceston and ran 29.26. So another huge pb in the 10k and yeah yeah and no it just reminded me of that that was huge yeah and then the following week went up to sandgate and ran that uh 16 6, 16 16 i think it was 16, yeah 16 16 uh, sorry 14 16 i was gonna say um, 14 16 uh, yeah you'd be close like to my pace 16 that. yeah <laughs> 14 16 um and so um second the there right to kieran yeah. perkins mm. yeah yeah so yeah, like over the span of uh, three weeks, within four weeks of having COVID, straining my calf, I was running PBs pretty much in every distance. So, so that was a 5K was a road PB, if we're calling a park run a road, right? Uh, I'd say it's a park run PB. Oh, it's a park run PB, okay. Park, park run is park run. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not certified, so it's just yeah. it's a park run PB. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's a yeah. general indicator of fitness, I think. And um, and given the field as well, like it was good to be able to get out and you know run with uh, uh, Kieran and um, Lockie Cook as well. And, had a yeah, good it was run, third. A a yeah. Day, so, yeah. And so and with Brisbane Marathon about good. six weeks, was it six weeks of Brisbane Marathon to the Gold Coast Marathon? I'm trying to just think Ooh. back. I did the 10K there, but... Um, uh, I think it was four weeks. I think it was a month. Only a month. Like early... Maybe it's five. June. I have to look that up. I have no idea. I'm terrible. My memory's not great, so... <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so the half 10 and 5K PB within a month, though, either way. Mm. Yeah, that must have given you confidence. When was your last like long run then, like proper training long run, or did you kind of avoid it in that time then? Yeah, well, that was the other thing, is because I'd... Um, lost the two weeks with the calf strain and COVID. And then also because I was racing for those three weeks, it was really not great for like marathon specific build. So I only, I think I probably only had maybe two to three runs over 30 kilometers and I didn't do any marathon specific sessions. So there were no, like, you know, the standards, um, three or, or four K three or four by five K sessions yeah, or yeah. like the long sort of 20 K you know, one K on off like, like reps or anything. Like, yeah. So, Race pace yeah, cage in there. You did nothing of that. Yeah. There were no, no sort of marathon specific prep. So I just kind of figured, well, I'll wing gold coast and, and just <laughs> see how I go with it. And I'm, I wanted to use gold coast as just a bit of a refresher to remember what the marathon feels like. And then, yeah, from there, see if I could um, target something later in the year. But I think the confidence boost from those three runs, um, you know, just recently gave me a feeling that I could probably still run something pretty quick at Gold Coast. So going into it, I knew that, yeah, I should be able to do something. Yeah, well, you held three 18s for the full marathon. Um, but surely doing the five ten and a half at quicker paces would have given you confidence. But yeah, only having three long runs over 30k with no marathon race pace case in there would also have been a bit of a concern but your whole you're training you're always training like you're training year round so that that gives you confidence too but um and, and i've noticed the pace within the race was very consistent 
a few slower k's around the mid 30s but that's probably to be expected from most running a, a marathon uh, at that point in time but the pace generally was pretty uh, steady yeah we had uh, on the saturday there was an elite athlete briefing and uh, it's compulsory for all the uh, supported athletes come together and kind of hear the, the race, um, the rules and, and regulations and things. And uh, the good thing though about that is that it brings together everyone in the room to kind of confirm the final plans for who's going to be running together in the different groups. The last two marathons that I've done at Gold Coast, I've run start to finish by myself, uh, which is not really a great way to, to run a, a marathon. It's, um, it can be pretty brutal, particularly if there's a bit of wind around. So I wanted to make sure that this year that I was in with a group um, to see what I could do and that I wanted to make sure that I was in the right group. Uh, there was a chat group that Jared Clifford had set up uh, during the week beforehand with a few of the guys that were kind of going to be around about the same pace. So it was me, Jared, Louis McAfee, Jacob Cox. Yeah. Um, uh, had... Uh, who else was there? Um, Dave Ridley as well from, from Melbourne, New Zealander. And, what about like uh, Nick Earl or Paddy Stowe? Well, at the time, no, they hadn't. They weren't yeah. sort of in, in that group. I, I don't know if they were thinking they were going to be sort of ahead or behind, but it, I guess it was just a few people that would sort of, that uh, they thought would sort of be around that pace and um, sort of working out uh who was going to be running together. And I kind of went, well, of all of these names, I'm going to be probably the slowest of all of them. So if I do run with them, I'm just going to be hanging on for dear life. Uh, we found out on during the elite athlete briefing that there was going to be pace set for two groups. The first group, um, oh, well, there was going to be pace on the front for like the 65 through half for the, the 210 marathon. So that was going to be for the, Japanese runners and sort of anyone looking at with uh, Liam Adams yep so Liam Adams was setting the pace for that um incredible uh, Liam I sat next to him during the briefing and um I had a brief chat with him afterwards because he'd run the half marathon the day before he I cannot understate this uh at all he's absolutely a monster he's just there is he's just a, a running machine he uh did the same thing down at Launceston. He ran the half marathon in the morning, raced and then backed up and jumped in the 10K and paced after that. But uh, same thing at Gold Coast. He raced the half marathon and then um, backed up to pace the 65 group through halfway um, the next day. It's crazy. Yeah, hey? And he was fit. He was fit in the half marathon mm. at an hour 352. Yep. So that that's him flat out. Like he has, he'd given 100% of the half marathon to come fit. Yeah, but that wasn't the thing. Um, the incredible thing was that he'd, uh, he ended up, he was wearing new shoes and he ended up getting severe blisters from the day before. And like, he didn't say, he just, oh, I've got a couple of blisters on my feet. I'm like, oh, you know, as a pre previously being a podiatrist, I thought, oh, you know, that's, you know, whereabouts are these blisters? Because podiatry, you can do lots of things to offload the pressure around blisters. Like you can do padding and, um, uh, and different things to reduce friction, reduce the pressure distribution and, and, and whatnot. So I thought, oh, you know, whereabouts these blisters? Anyway, he takes his shoe off and shows me the, the full forefoot is just completely uh, swollen with these huge blisters across the entire um, surface of, of both balls of his feet. And uh, anyway, yeah, he backed up with these huge blisters and ran a 65 half marathon the next day. No, no troubles at all. No, com no complaints. Well, um, uh, just over a minute slower than the Saturday. It's insane. So what, why, why is he doing it? Is he just enjoy it? Like, is it part of his training to, to, to back it up again and almost race on tired legs? Is it just the enjoyment of it? Do you know? Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't comment yeah. as, as to, um, what the yeah the methodology is for the um for what he's aiming to achieve but uh, yeah i i guess it's um for the marathon you you just need to be an absolute monster to get through the the second half and whatever he's doing it's it's working because uh yeah he seems to be running incredibly over the distance so 
and he was running in a tradie shirt. I've seen. Was that both days or just the <laughs> Sunday? Like literally a dirty yellow tradie shirt. But it was hard yeah, to. I saw yeah. that on the live stream. It was hard to see. And like a few k's in from the footage, I was just looking at it, just thinking, "Geez, that looks legit like a a tradie shirt who's been to work that day." Yeah, that's his <laughs> trademark. The uh, yeah, the tradie shirt. I mean, it's it's difficult for him because, I mean, he he's such an incredible runner, but he doesn't have you know he doesn't have the sponsors and, and things supporting him so yeah if there's no one supporting him then you know why promote a brand if they're not if no one's sort of like willing to support him but it's uh you know i i reckon it'd be good if you know one of the major tool companies would get behind him and get out there in like a i don't know like oh a, yeah a, a Makita, <laughs> yeah that's an idea or something. yeah yeah right hey so who was pacing you then yeah, so the um, during the briefing, we were working out what the pace groups would, would be. So there was going to be two groups that I was kind of tossing up between. There was a 6730 and a 69 group. And I went, oh, the 6730 is just going to be too quick. Um, that was the group where the chat group was originally set up to work out you know, who was going to be running together. And I thought 69 is probably going to be the conservative, safer option. And I thought, given my training, that's probably where I ought to be. But then I was kind of, the, the two groups had kind of, this is after the briefing finished, the two groups had formed and they were kind of having their conversations. And I was kind of trying to listen into both conversations. Um, and I went from the 69 group over to the 67, 30 group. And then they said, oh, we're looking at, at running probably 68 instead. And I went, oh, I'd sort of made up my mind to go 69. And then I thought, oh, you know, I could probably hang on to 68. And I, I thought that would be, you know, it would make it more interesting. I'd be holding on. It would put me into the fight if, you know, it came down to it. I was in that group and I could then possibly get dragged along to something really quick. Uh, and then I went, yep, okay, I'm going to go with the 68 group. And I went to bed thinking, all right, I'm going to run with, with Louis and, and Jacob. And um, Tim Logan was uh, pacing that group, even though uh, Jared uh, had pulled out with injury. Tim Logan is his um, guide or support runner, and um, he was going to be pacing the group. Uh, but we weren't sure whether or not he'd continue to do that. But yeah, he agreed to, to keep pacing. And then um, the other group, the 69 minute group, was to be paced by Guy Walters and um, Andy Buchanan, who's just recently been oh, accepted yeah. for the Com Games team, yep. the marathon. So I went to bed thinking, yep, all right, 68 group. And then woke up the next morning, got on the bus, and uh, Brad Croker was on the bus. And uh, Croker so were having a bit of a chat. Um, we'd sort of sat next to each other in the, the warm-up area. And I was kind of talking to him about the plan and um, sort of the dilemma. And I'd said, yeah, I'll go with the 68. And he was like, oh, well, you know, if you haven't had those marathon sessions and you haven't had the ideal build, it's probably easier. It's probably safer, the better option. You're more likely to run well if you run with that 69 group and then try to really negative split it. And I went, yeah, you're right. That actually makes a lot of sense. Um, so that morning I kind of decided, well, all right, I'll jump in with the 69 group and kind of made the call from there. So gun went off and... Uh, yeah, I jumped in with uh, with Guy Walters and um, Andy Buchanan and and that group of yeah, like Patty Stowe and um, Charlie Boyle was in there as well. Um, uh, Matt Strom, I think his name is. He's another, I think, Victorian runner. Um, who else did we have in there? I'm looking um, through the list now. Um, Sammy, Sammy was ahead. Gabriel Michael, yeah, so, I know yeah. he, yeah, he slowed up a little bit, but he was ahead, wasn't he? Because I actually parked myself at about 7K in. I was coming up from Kira, um, where I was staying. Yeah, I saw you out there. Try and catch you. That. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he gave me a good wave. <laughs> but, I've, yeah, I've seen the front guys, Fakoda, Kaneko, Paquette, and Sammy Gabriel Michael come past. Um, but the funny thing was, actually, Aiden, um, I didn't see Yuki. And I was just, just sort of standing there and, all of a sudden, this guy comes walking past in a bright yellow singlet. I'm like, surely this is Yuki, and it, it was. It was him, and it was it was a funny area where I was because there was like only a handful of people who were just kind of following their um, 
better halves out there racing with signs and kids and stuff. So they had no idea, I think, of who Yuki was. And he's walked straight past me. And it's pitch black at this point. I'm just just yeah. sort of had a double take. I'm like, was that Yuki? Is he walking? Yeah. And then I've said to this lady next to me, I'm like, I think that was like, that's the favourite. Just walking along there, mm. he's pulled out. So there was only, I think, gone from five to four almost in the front pack. So you must have been coming through there second with the other guys. Um, yeah, well, there was like the front pack, which was that 65 through half group. Yeah. And then there was um, Tim Logan, who was pacing. Uh, so it was a group of Louis McAfee, Jacob Cox and Nicole. It was three of them. Um, that was also part of the other reason as to oh, why I switched yeah, yeah. from the 68 group to the 69 was there was only three guys in that group and they potentially all, if like if there was a bit of a battle, I could have been shot out the back pretty quickly. And also, True. Tim, yeah. there was only one pacer, whereas the group, um, the 69 group had a lot more guys in it. Um, they uh, relatively were probably closer to about where I was, um, sort of ranging from the 220 to about 223 um, time sort of goal. And I think everyone was sort of aiming to get under that 220 mark. Uh, but then we also had the two paces. That was the other attractive thing. And, and also, because Guy was originally the pace for that group, but Andy, he ended up getting uh, a bit sick the week before and wasn't, he was going to run the half originally, but then decided to run um, just pace instead, just to sort of, take it easy on the body in preparation and um he uh he jumped in so we had the two paces and the benefit of that i thought you know that's we've got a solid group it's more likely to stay together for a longer period of time with two paces it's kind of a surer thing so that was the other reason we got through 7k and um yeah as you mentioned yuki kind of pulled up a bit sore or he had there was a hamstring issue and something with his arm i think that causing a bit of grief um and yeah as we we're running along 7k we we ran we could just see him approaching we saw yep someone's blown up and as soon as we realized it was yuki everyone was kind of in shock um but i i thought like the way that he looked he looked absolutely awful the pain like it looked as though he'd actually torn something uh it, it just he was really struggling to move the fact that he continued and got to the, the finish line that was just incredible. Like, I was shocked by that. Yeah, I saw the, the same thing. Yeah. I saw a wounded man in the dark. And that's it's so lonely, isn't it? Pulling out of a marathon on your own when it's, it is pitch black, no one's around. And it's like it's so easy just to step off and get a lift back to your accommodation or the race precinct. But he's battled on, what, four hours did it take? Yeah. Not, well, <laughs> yeah, it was just under four, I think. And he also, he was like, he was, he was uh, making sure that he was within striking range of the, the four-hour pacer, like with the balloons, so was that he could make sure that he got under that. Um, the fact, though, that he didn't turn around, he kept running south, kept running south, turned around at the 15K turnaround and came back. But not only that, he ran past the finish line. So he's dragging oh, yeah, yeah. This, this hamstring through 30K and went out for another 10K just to finish and uh there was a an a, a event afterwards after the race uh, uh, in the evening that i went to and um ryan mcdonald he was there and uh, he kind of gave a bit of a uh, just like a bit of a speech around the the weekend and part of that was that um yuki he's done so far i think uh, in the uh, prior to this weekend he'd done eight gold coast marathons and this was his ninth and he wanted to make sure that he got to the finish line so as that next year he could join the 10-year legends club oh I yeah i thought that is that's great like it's not yuki doesn't just see this as being um like a race to win but it's also he gets the same joy that everyone else gets out of being part of that 10-year club like there's it's still that prestige still means something to him yeah he would have felt that too at the end i've seen a photo of him and and the crowd getting around him just completely applauding him and bringing him home to have a sense of that uh, feel of, you know, running close to four hours and how that may feel for other runners. I thought it was awesome. I cannot believe that. And as you said, running the opposite direction or walking, did he, did he get running again a little bit or was it sort of a power walk to, to get four hours? Yeah. He must've been. Yeah, no, I think he, yeah, I think he managed a bit of a jog, but yeah. a jog. But, 
Oh, it's unbelievable. So, so from halfway, and by the way, do you, at this point in time, are you, do you check your watch much or you rely on the pace now in these marathons to, to get you where you yeah. need to be and, and, and to feel? Yeah, no, well, the first, um, pretty much every kilometre, I was kind of just glancing down and seeing where we were at. And I, that was something that I did notice. Um, being within that 69-minute group, it kind of changed my race plan. I went from really just going out and battling for to hang on for a fast time to just taking a step back and just relaxing. I knew that 69 was going to feel slow. And yeah, that's what it was. Through every kilometre, I thought, you know, I was really champing the bit. Just come on, let's go, let's 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 yeah, speed yeah. up. And there were a few Ks in there where we we were hitting three twenties, and the goal the goal, goal pace we should have been sort of around about that three sixteen mark. And I was it was starting to make me really nervous because we were hitting like pretty regularly a few three twenties. And so how were you like, seeing that? Going? Do you get do you get K splits or live pace to see that? How's well, that this is only Garmin. Yeah, yeah this true. is just auto split. So it's not it's not necessarily accurate. And I yeah. it could have been, you know, a few seconds out here or there. But you know, even then it's yeah, the the 320s were coming through and I was I was thinking this isn't good, but I also trusted the paces. I was like, oh yeah, okay, we'll we'll see how we go. And also I figured, well, it's probably good that I feel like I'm feeling comfortable and we'll just, you know, we'll get through to 30 and we'll we'll see how we go from there. And um I got through 5K, I didn't take a drink. Um, so every 5K we get uh, um, drink stations, like our personal refreshments were there. Didn't, didn't have anything for the 5K, but then the 10K, I went over and in the group, we were kind of talking as we were running, like the first 5K, it was pretty, everyone's feeling really good. So a bit of banter, like a few people saying, uh, like, you know, just chatting away, telling jokes and having a good conversation with the, um, uh, the Pacers guy and, and Andy, they were in pretty good spirits. Someone was saying they should have brought some music just to yeah. lighten the mood a bit. <laughs> Said, oh, you should sing us a song. Give us some music to, to listen to as running. And um, we got through the uh, through the the 10K and I went to get my drink and it just wasn't at the table. It wasn't there. And I'm certain of it because I knew uh, I put, like I'd set up all the drinks and I, it was in the box and I was on drink station number two and it should have been the second bottle there. Like it should have been front. So they're just numbered, are they, for you guys? Is that how you recognise it on the run? Yeah. And have you all seen, have you all been at each station to, to kind of get a feel for it? Or is it just basing off uh, the numbers? Is it like one no, through to whatever, you know, chronologically? Yeah, so they set, yeah, so they set them up. Um, runner number one is on table one. Yeah. Runner number two is on table two and then so on up to table five. And then once you get to number five on table five, six then goes to table one seven goes to table two and then so on until you get to yeah so 11 is on table one and 12 is on table two and i was number 12 and yeah the drink just wasn't there so i um uh i missed it and i thought oh this isn't good i've, I've missed my first drink and um i mentioned it to the guys i asked just to confirm what the rules are, because there's world athletics rules that govern what you can and can't do. You can't accept outside assistance, but you can accept drinks from other athletes within the race. And I asked Guy and, um, and Andy about this. They said, yeah, that's fine. And Andy gave me um, the rest of his drink that he, that he had. So that was good. It kind of got me through. And then I got to 15K and I was kind of a little bit anxious because I thought, well, if they've missed one bottle, have they missed all mm. of them? Yeah, And sure. I got to table two. And, uh, and I was really concentrating and it's a bit of a dance. Like when you're trying to find bottles at three minute, well, 16 to 20 pace, uh, and you're in a group and everyone is trying to get drinks from different tables with each table, we'd kind of have a conversation amongst ourselves. What table are you, who's going to go first? And we'd kind of align ourselves in order. And then, um, uh, we'd sort of get drinks so that we're not going to crash into each other and we can kind of see who's where. And I'd, we'd done that going into the, the lead up to the 15K table. And as I ran past, I thought I could see it, but then I wasn't sure and I double guessed and I slowed down, but then someone in front, I just got distracted and I went to grab it and I missed it. 
and I've gone, I can't miss another bottle because I only got like a very small amount um, from Andy's drink at the start or I needed to make sure I got that 15K drink. So I stopped, missed it and went, oh, and then it what seemed like an eternity. I looked back and I could see it. It was just out of arm's reach. So I had to stop, run back, grab it, oh. and then keep going. And uh, luckily, though, it happened at a probably the best point in the race where it could have. The 15K drinks table was right before the turnaround point. So I managed to get the drink and I made sure don't get relaxed uh, sorry don't get up like anxious or concerned about it just stay relaxed don't surge to get back on and uh manage to get the drink just holding it in my hand so i didn't worry about drinking it until i got back onto the group and comfortable and uh as the group were decelerating into the turn uh what happens is it kind of a bit of a um, elastic band effect everyone kind of slows down and then it, they kind of gradually speed back up to get out of it it just meant that I could slow down later and get back onto the back of them and then kind of run out of it. So I didn't really lose any time or expend any extra energy to get back on. But, you know, it's yeah. not the sort of thing you want to do when you're trying to stay relaxed in a marathon. Oh, yeah. So you guys get uh, little bottles, don't you, as opposed to the cups? And do you, so do you have a pre-mix in there or just do you go straight water with gels? Um, yeah, I've been using Morton. Um, seems to work. Um pretty well uh the day before it's turned into a bit of a tradition with our kids um we at the hotel they um for all the elite athletes they've got this area where you have to drop all of your drinks your uh, personal refreshments into these crates and they supply arts and crafts equipment so this box for like a four-year-old or a six-year-old it's just kind of like christmas time they've got you know <laughs> pipe cleaners and tinsel and feathers and pom-poms and crepe paper and all these different things so we on this the saturday the day before we kind of went downstairs and i'm sort of just relaxing trying not to do too much and we set ourselves up at a table and the kids just um yeah, had a good time decorating all the bottles and it's kind of nice as well like when you're running along and you're just trying to you're trying to focus and, and um, you know, just uh, distract yourself from the pain, but you know, think about things that uh, kind of are going to get you home to the, the finish line. It's kind of nice knowing that, all right, I've got a drink bottle coming up in two kilometres. I've just got to get to that bottle. And I know that, you know, this is the bottle that my son kind of helped decorate and, and things. So Yeah, definitely inspirational. Nice. So just a premix, no gels with it then? Uh, no, I didn't take any gels. Yeah. I had a, a, a gel in my back pocket just in case, but I'd, um, we had, uh, as I was doing the carbo load, I'd been sort of sucking on these um, uh, kind of like starburst lolly type things, like wrapper type things, and they were really good. And I thought, I'll, I'll chuck a couple of those in, in my back pocket. And I did a quick Google search to see whether what they contained was kind of you know, okay for um like if they're going to supply the right sort of sugars that I needed for the marathon. And it just so happened I stumbled across a, an article from 2014 when um, uh, Kipchoge was just getting into the marathon. And this was before uh, he'd really sort of broken through. And his coach at the time had told him that uh, carry with you a, a bunch of Starburst lollies because the sugar that you get from those will help um, if you're not used to, say, like the gels that other athletes and things are used to, they'll help get you through. So Kichogi used to suck on these starbursts. I thought, well, if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. So I chucked a couple of those in my back pocket. And um, sure enough, uh, it, it actually really uh, got me through. Um, they lasted probably about two to three K. You take the wrapper off and you just uh, chuck it in your mouth. And if you're just sucking on it as you're running, um, by the time it dissolves, it gives you kind of this long sustained yeah, um, release of sugar. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't sort of affect, you can still breathe and it's kind of different to like, I guess with the gels, you kind of suck it all down in one go and it's kind of sickly sweet. Whereas mm. these will, uh, yeah, you can kind of suck on them for a bit longer. Yeah. So what point had you start having the, the chews and were they actually Starburst or a brand similar to Starburst? I've seen the Cliff, uh, the Cliff chews are pretty good. Yeah. And the, um, natural confectionery company, I think. Oh, okay. We yeah. We had some starbursts as well, but they'd been in the car for a long time and they'd kind of, the sugar had denatured. That wasn't all that great. So, but we had a couple of other um, 
of those uh, natural confectionery company ones that I don't know we must have picked up in a lolly bag from one of the kids' uh, birthday parties that they went to. So yeah, I um, uh, pilfered a couple of those. Yeah, so getting getting some salt through the premix, but then some, some sugar slowly um, through the chews. Mm. And um, well, how many did you consume in that second half of the race? Uh, I think only two. I only brought two. I didn't yeah. have enough sort of room in my pocket for two. Yeah. But I think in future marathons, I'll probably bring yeah, maybe three or four. Um, and I don't think I'll even worry about the gels in, in the future. I, I, with that gel that I carried in my pocket, I didn't actually use it. I was just thinking the the trick, the hard thing for the slow runners with the energy intake is not having that opportunity to have uh, the bottles at hand on the side uh, with cups and obviously of water. So yeah, it's 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 hard to hard to kind of do that um, as a slower recreational runner in a race. You can definitely try and arrange it different ways in training, but um, yeah, you're lucky getting that opportunity. Yeah, it's tricky too, I guess, because if you train with a certain sort of um, type of drink or, or whatever else. And it depends on who's sponsoring the, the race that you're competing in. It kind of depends on what drink you'll be able to access on the day. So, yeah, I guess it's one of those things where you just kind of have to be flexible and um, yeah, also do a bit of research. And if you can work out what's going to be available on the day and then maybe mm. integrate that into your training and that can help too. But yeah. Yeah, definitely. So how through the 30s, through 30 to uh, the finish of the race, how did that pan out? And particularly with the group, it did thin a bit and it was getting a bit warmer too, probably more so for the runners closer to three hours plus, but the sun had relatively really come up and it was getting a bit warmer. Was it warm at all for you or were you, and just looking back at the weather in general, was it pretty good in the end for you guys? It seemed to sort of be 15 degrees and, and um, free of rain um maybe it was there a drizzle or two during the race yeah no there was um i think at the finish line there might have been like a couple of drops of rain but aside yep. from that it was pretty perfect conditions yep. um then a few people had sort of mentioned the humidity um i guess yeah if you're not sort of from brisbane the the humidity could hit you a little bit like it was it did get get a little bit sweaty towards the end so the fluids, um, fluids towards the end were important. But aside from that, I don't think we could really complain too much about the weather. The last two years that I'd done it in 2018 and 2019, both the wind and the heat were just absolutely brutal. So this year, I think compared Yeah, to there was minimal wind, hey. Wind. That's the biggest concern yeah. I had uh, for myself and anyone in the event was winds. Winds coupled with heavy rain is, is uh, ter terrible. But um, yeah, humidity might have been... Yeah, not ideal, but far, yeah, far from bad. Like 15 degrees with high humidity is okay yeah. for used to it. So yeah, how did it pan yeah. out then in that sort of latter part of the race? Well, um, yeah, I guess we the a real sort of crux for for me was the um, going through halfway. Prior to that, I'd kind of just went, I'm just going to go with the the group, go with the bunch, and we'll kind of see what happens once we get through halfway. Uh, we got through halfway and I'd noted that in the lead up, the splits were kind of a little bit slower than what we'd thought, what I was expecting. And then, yeah, we got to 20, it's through halfway and um, the clock was ticking over 69.50. And I went, this is, this is not right. We're a minute behind. We got across the mat. And as we got across the mat, we went across it kind of exactly, well, I think looking at the splits, it was about... Um, 707 I think it was and uh I've just kind of thought what what's happened here like it was supposed to be 69 and uh, Andy and guides sort of turned around and went oh guys how about that we're pretty spot on and I went what what happened um like I didn't say anything at the time I was kind of a bit sort of and then I thought what's happened probably is when I had gone across to the 68 group and committed to that, there must have been some additional conversations that happened oh, okay. that night because I only decided to join the group that morning. And I thought they must have decided amongst themselves to say, no, we're going to go with 70 instead of 69. Um, but it turned out that, yeah, I think they just kind of lost lost track of where they were at. And um, yeah, it wasn't sort of intended, but also I guess they were kind of, they were gauging their pace as to how the group was feeling. And there were a few guys that were kind of dropping off the back a bit. And like I dropped off to get my drink and got back on again. And 
they kind of adapted to that. So yeah, that really threw me. I thought I was going to have a minute up my sleeve to get home. And all of a sudden I was then having to negative split. And I just went, oh, well, I'll just roll with it. I'll keep going. And um, just sort of hung with the group. And the good thing about our two paces, Guy kind of dropped off uh, at around about that 60, uh, sorry, the, at the um, 24, 25K mark. Uh, he did a fantastic job. The pace was you know, really good. And it was kind of handy having him and, and Andy together. And then once he dropped off, Andy um, was left and he said, look, I'm going to jump. I'm going to keep going. Uh, I'm feeling good. And he brought us through to 30K. But um, before that, actually, uh, like while the group was all together, um, I was just running along the, through the 23K mark and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it felt like someone had come up and just stabbed me in the side with a knife. And my whole side had locked up and it was just incredible. Like I, I went from feeling like I was jogging and could have jogged for, you know, for hours at this pace. And uh, to the next moment feeling like someone had shot me or just stabbed me in the side and my whole, like, uh, my side had just felt like it had locked up and I was kind of doubled over. Um, I went from being at the front of the pack. I went, oh, uh, it hit me and then I sort of moved to the back of the pack and I thought I just I really hope this is only like a really short-term thing that I'll, it'll go away but as I kind of kept running it was about a minute of this agonizing pain I thought I cannot continue this is just not sustainable uh, I thought I'd done myself a lot of damage and I decided at that point I need to step off um, so I, I kind of made the decision, all right, I'm going to step off, um, but I need to work out where I am. Um, if I step off, how long is it going to take me to get back to the finish? Where's the hotel? Where's Peter and the kids? They um, kind of they saw me as I ran past the, the 5K, but um, they'd gone to the finish line. So I was thinking all these things, and then I went, I'd made the decision, I, I can't keep going, so my race was over, um, which was really frustrating at the time but I, there was just nothing I could do. But then I thought, no, I've heard stories of people pushing through, like they've had dark spots in a dark patches in a marathon, but they've pushed through. So I thought, all right, I've made the decision to step off. So what's the worst that could happen if I just try to persevere for another kilometer and just see how I go. So I just closed my eyes and literally like I was, my arms were flailing and I was kind of running doubled over and like verbally, uh, Kind of moaning about this pain i felt kind of a bit bad for the other guys that i was kind of complaining in the group um, that i was running with but i just tried to relax as much as i could and then um yeah within probably a minute or two it kind of gradually um got better and yeah after that i managed to sort of get back into my stride and it sort of i could still feel it a little bit but the pain wasn't anywhere near as bad but it was, yeah, it went from being 100%, like I'm feeling really good to no, my race is done, I'm out, to then, all right, I think I'm back. Let's just see how we go. So was it so, a, uh, a cramp, do you think, or spasm? Yeah, and I don't know. It, like it kind of felt, I don't know, like a muscle tear even. Like it just felt, it, the pain was just incredible. I don't know what it was. The day after, I could still kind of feel it a little bit as well. Like I could feel something was there. Um, I don't know what it was. I've been jogging um, since then, so it seems to be okay. But it didn't really cause me too much grief from then on. It, but I could still feel it a little bit. But it it went from being a 10 out of 10 pain, like crippling pain, wow. to uh, just being noticeable. But and how many Ks really was that in? Uh, I think it was about 23, 24. Oh, okay, that early. Yeah, right. So you jump back on the pack and um, things were pretty smooth sailing then through to, I'm just strolling through your Strava. Um, yeah, got to... you, you hit a few three, mid 325s um, yeah. for a little bit. Um, yeah, about 30, 35K. But um, yeah, that... yeah got, to, got to 30. Um, Andy then said, you know, all the best. Good luck. Uh, he dropped off and um, just yeah. as Andy dropped off, he brought us right up to the back of Nick Earl. So Nick Earl had kind of fallen off that front pace. Yeah. Uh, the front 
uh, group and we'd chased him back and he was looking pretty, uh, like he was doing it really tough. Um, and we pulled him back pretty quick. So uh, I was running, it was just me and Paddy Stowe that, at that stage. So the other guys had kind of dropped off and um, we were working pretty well together, uh, the two of us. And, Did um, you try and grab Nick at all to come with you? Well, uh, it was hard to gauge to whether to go past him. Well, we ran past and it looked as though he's, his race was done. Yeah. Um, like he, he was just really um, yeah, coming back pretty quickly and, and looking a little bit of pain. But then he jumped on the back and, uh, yeah, we kind of kept the pace pretty consistent and managed to hold on. And, um, you know, we, we sort of, me and Patty sort of swapped turns for a couple of Ks there and thought, oh, you know, we'll give him a bit of a, a breather just to get back and kind of hopes that he might sort of jump on and, and take, do a bit of work on the front as well but i think he yeah he, he was doing it pretty tough i think he he was really um yeah in in a, a world of hurt there so he kind of just uh, jumped on the back and me and patty just sort of swapped um uh, swapped turns on the front but like i knew that the goal was sub 220 and we had to make sure that we kind of hit like we stayed under that 320 mark for mm. the for the case splits but we were running past people and they're like, just work together, guys, work together. But also there was like still a bit of tension. Like it was still a race and there was still potentially this Oceania position on the line. And, you know, you want to try to finish as high up as possible. And I think there was also a bit of testing going on amongst the three of us as to who was like still feeling as though they had the legs, legs to come home strong. So I think all of us kind of kept a little bit in reserve. And the problem with that was that we ended up dropping a few sort of slower Ks. And yeah, as you say, there was a couple of points there where we dropped down to, I think the slowest was about 326. We were all feeling, I think, reasonably okay. We were getting through, but also none of us really knew probably how we would be feeling in another 5K time. Uh, like yeah. There was a bit road. of a gap too to the to the next guy. We with Ben Kelly at all? He he seemed to finish a minute and a half. Yeah, behind. sorry, Ben. Yeah, Ben was the other fellow. He was the other guy. So, yeah, so he's dropped yeah, off yeah. then. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, he. It was good having Ben in the group. He was um, yeah, really sort of consistent. I caught up with him afterwards as well. It was he didn't really have um, he wasn't sort of too happy with his his runs, but uh, yeah, no, he's been running well sort of recently. Ben, so hopefully he can get a, a good marathon in again soon, but. Yeah, and Jacob yeah. Cops, Jacob Cox was a, a bit ahead too. He was, he was with Louis. Yeah, I've seen him come the through team, the, the the race precincts. It's about ten k from there, isn't it? So still a fair way coming back, traveling north past the race precinct. He was well and truly with Louis, but he he dropped off uh, over a minute. Um, he must he must have been on him for a while. Yeah, but yeah, we we pretty much just from there. We could at the turnaround we saw Louis and saw Jacob and um, yeah we were still sort of we we're working okay together but i think we were also just making sure that we had enough in the tank if it came down to someone making a move that we could all each cover it and uh we got down to a k to go we were sort of 37k i think was the slowest it was that 326 but then from there each k we sort of gradually started to wind it up and got to the point where with a k to go i was or like 2k to go i was on the front and um just thought I've got to try to see what I can do. I felt as though with the range that I had left that I should be able to kick home. And um, yeah, I think the last K I dropped about a 310 and then the last 400 was like a 259. So yeah, yeah, I'm seeing the three. Yeah, I'm seeing that. Yeah, in front of me now. That was just Strava, so I well, don't know how accurate it is. But, yeah, it's rough, um, roughly close. But yeah, it gives you an idea. Even if it was 312 or 313, that would have been, I think 313 was your quickest otherwise. Um, definitely finished strong. Oh, yeah, 311 in there actually at 27k. According to Strava, again, it's can be um, a little bit off, but yeah, firm finish. Yeah, Andy did say to us after um, that the rest of the guys had dropped off, like, How are you feeling? Do you want to pick it up? And I was like, Yeah, let's go. Like, I'm feeling good, but I don't know. Like, I, I felt good, but also, I there was that uncertainty. Like, I didn't have the ideal preparation, the build up, so I was kind of still. Mm a little bit conservative and you know where I probably should have really run to try to make sure that I got a good negative split I kind of I was running for place more than for time and that it ended up costing me in the end um, yeah so it's more for place and like ensuring that by the end you were finishing strong as opposed to 
you weren't so much struggling at that point in the mid thirties, 35K, it was just a conservative approach. And we well and well and truly aware that you were all gunning for third with Jacob and Louis ahead. Well, no, we weren't. There wasn't. Um, it wasn't guaranteed because there was this other fellow, um, Sammy Gabra Michael, I think his name is from yeah. Victoria. Uh, I think is he. I'm you know, he rep- he's, he's on Ethiopian flag on next to his mm. name, and I do. I did know he was a foreigner. I was confused too because I didn't know much about him and seen him come through through the mm. race start again about 10k out wondering if he represents Australia or not but um yeah so yeah he, he mustn't yeah I wasn't sure about that and um oh. I went to the inside running podcast they had a live uh show on that yeah. day and uh they kind of mentioned that they went through the Oceania results and I think they thought the same thing and they kind of gave him the the third place in the ocean oh, okay. um, thinking the same brady he sent me a message afterwards he said oh sorry i've stitched you up. i've um uh, i've yeah i didn't give you the the mention there in that live show i said oh that's all right it's, oh that's um, hilarious so yeah after the show he's given sammy third yeah yeah so we have we definitely clarified that then he's, he's definitely representing ethiopia and australia yeah well i was going to ask but i as soon as i started on the world athletics profile i think there must be um eligibility rules like if you uh compete for the country i don't know what exact rules are but if you compete for that that country in like open ranks then you sort of forfeit the ability to compete for another country later on it must be but I'm, i don't know the exact specifics of it but yeah for whatever reason his um nationality is listed as um as ethiopia so he's uh, not yeah. eligible for the Oceania Champs. And a 210 guy about um, almost 10 years ago now, I think, they were saying, mm-hmm. about 2013, I think he got a 210 at Gold Coast. So he's still running well, but a bit off uh, a bit off 210. And, um, yeah, so so how how'd you, how'd you pull up then immediately after the race? Your family happy about everything? Uh, was your coach around and... Uh, your training squad. I'd run to Gus um, Gannon actually at some point yeah. because he'd run the 10K. And um, yeah, was he around and any other training mates? Yeah, I've got a couple of messages come through. Um, uh, Brendan pretty honestly said, uh, good run, um, but <clears throat> performance of the day goes to Gus. And uh, fair enough too, because uh, I don't know if you saw Gus's result. Yeah, he had just over 30 a, minutes. A 30, what was, was it 30.07 or something? Yeah, yeah, I think it was 30.07, um, yeah. Yeah, so that was a huge breakthrough for him in the 10K. And, um, you know, kudos, kudos to him. He, uh, he had an absolute blinder of a run. So uh, I was happy, more than happy for my run to be overshadowed by that. He's um, <laughs> That's yeah, tough news though, after running a marathon with a PV to hear that. But yeah, he was seventh with a 3007. I'm looking at now. Mm, Isn't yeah. that great for uh for the group? And in that field as well, like where he finished in, in sort of distance behind some of those big names up ahead as well. That was really good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And um and how how'd Sunday look? You you how do you celebrate? Usually relax with the family, I assume. Uh yeah, oh, well, we just kind of um, found a bit of a spot on the grass there. Uh, that was when you sort of caught me the first time and I was like, yeah, just happy, relaxing um, there for a good couple of hours. But yeah, we wandered across and um, uh, went to the Inside Running live show. That was really good. There was a few other in-training guys there. So we met up and, and had a beer at the pub, um, just kind of shared a few stories from you know, everyone's race through the day. and. That's the good thing about the marathon as well is that it's, uh, you know, it's only two hours. It's only a small part of the day, but the, the journey that you go mm. through over yeah. that two hours, it's like, it's like a lifetime. And when you've got a group of people sitting around, you know, the pub, having a beer, sharing stories from different parts of the race, like that they've each kind of individually experienced, you, the conversation, it just like, yeah <laughs> you hear some pretty amazing things and you know some people have just hit the the absolute lowest of lows and some people have hit the highest of highs and um 
yeah, it's just the, the marathon is just something else. Oh, it's an absolute beast. Yeah, that's why I want to get a hold of you uh, on the podcast. And and I was talking to the wife about it and she was kind of saying, oh, how long would it take um, to, you know, do another interview on Aiden? She said, don't don't make it as long as the original one for a couple of hours. And I said, oh, it might be a couple of hours. <laughs> it won't be like 10 minutes because I'm sure that both of us will be keen to, to talk about it and break it down. We've been here for an hour now, so I, I much, much appreciate it. Um, the last one I just want to look at was about just the last few days, how, how you've fed post um, run with that injury as well. Have you seen someone for that? And what's your running look like? And what does it normally look like after a marathon? Uh, in previous years, after the marathon, I've just taken a full week off, done nothing. Uh, but this year, um, there's a few other races that I, I do want to kind of keep a bit of fitness up for. And I've also found that when I've had injury or sickness or um, even just recovering from major races uh, this year, jogging a minimum of 5K each day has really benefited mm. me. Uh, it's just helped keep the leg, legs ticking over and kind of the, it allows me to absorb the, the stress, but also it's not causing like any additional stress or any additional damage, but mm. it just keeps the legs moving. So on Monday, I did 5K, Tuesday, 6K, um, yesterday 7k and today I went for a jog with the guys who are doing the session did 11k uh, yep. all just easy jogging and I've owned like the, the 5k and 6k on a Monday Tuesday that was really slow just kind of dragging myself through it but still comfortable uh, and not yeah just doing it because I enjoy it and uh, that seems to suit me pretty well so this week is all about just enjoyment, relaxing, um, have a glass of wine and uh, yeah. get ready to rebuild next week. Yeah. So what's the, um, and just lastly, what's the rebuild? Are you, are you doing uh jetty to jetty or sunny coast um, half or marathon? Uh, not jetty to jetty. I would have liked to have done the half at Sunshine Coast. Uh, it also doubles as the Australian half marathon champs. Mm. And it kind of pains me that I'm not going to be able to jump in to help out the Queensland team. Uh, at the moment, we've got, I think, some really great half marathon runners in Queensland. Yeah, so many, and I yeah. think that we could be in with a real, like if we had everyone together, we, we would be in with a real shot at that, uh, that team's medal. But uh, the unfortunate thing is on the same day is the Suda Surf. And I've got this tradition uh, with the Suda to Surf that I've run it every year since I was eight. So, oh, yeah. Um, Is that normal to clash with Sunny Coast? Uh, well, no, because uh, I've run Sunny Coast in previous years and run Gold Coast as well, I think. I don't know if Sunny Coast was earlier or later. or uh, They pushed it back last year, I think, with COVID. Remember, it was really hot. Mm. But, yeah, I, I haven't done Sunny Coast myself. I just... Yeah, don't recall if they'd clash. Surely they haven't clashed. And you think moving forward, they want to look at changing that. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I can understand. City to Surf is a fun run. Um, historically, it has been sort of the premier fun run. Around, like it's been the big one. But in recent years, probably the field, I think, is kind of um, not been as strong as what it has been, which is really sad. Like I really want the City to Surf to continue to be this huge event. Um, and it, it is kind of sad that this year there's going to be a lot of athletes that uh, yeah, should be at Suda Surf that are going to rightfully be competing for their state up at the half marathon champs. So Yeah, hopefully the, the slower contingent of recreational runners will still be there, um, mm -hmm. I hope. And uh, yeah, there will be a number of good runners at, at Sunny Coast. I'm looking at the list now from Gold Coast. Um, surely guys like you know, Tim Vincent, Liam uh, Bowden, mm -hmm. Um, Louis. Uh, Kieran Perkins, Louis McAfee. Mm. Well, Kieran's away. George Jordan McLennan, maybe. Now, oh, okay. Yeah, right. Um, there'll be a yeah, number of number of runners there. So, what's the goal at Cedar Surf then, mate? Uh, well, Cedar Surf for me is just fun. Um, it's not a race. It's, uh, it's yeah. always traditionally for me the fun run. So, uh, it's the only fun run, the only race in the year that I really don't have any goals or um, anything for. I think I was, I'm still tossing up as to what I do, but I think I do need to 
run it in the Superman outfit again, just to keep the tradition going. I've kind of, I've been, I've developed this um, reputation as being the, the Superman runner and it's been a few years since I've done it. So now that I'm kind of running well, I kind of need to, yeah, keep it going. It'd be pretty cool to like even run a quicker now in the Superman outfit. Uh, there was a few guys in DTs running at Gold Coast in various events too, which was very unique, uh, a little bit uh, off-putting. But uh, to, to keep the Superman outfit at an even quicker pace now would be, yeah, really good novelty, I reckon, and, and continue that tradition you've done for so long. Yeah, but from here, I think uh, state, uh, state cross country in, at the end of July, uh, Gold Coast, uh, sorry, the um, yeah, Super Surf in August, then possibly national cross country at the end of August. Uh, the Sydney half marathon, which they've just announced is going to be AIM certified, which is really exciting. Um, I kind of, half marathon is a long way to run where if you don't have confirmation that your time is going to be counted as a PB, like on a certified course, yeah. that's going yeah. to go onto your World Athletics profile. So the fact that they've got that AIM certified now is really exciting. Hopefully, I think that should attract a lot more runners. Uh, and I think that would be a really good build-up. Uh, it's about four weeks out, I think, from the Melbourne Marathon. And uh, I think that's probably going to be the next big goal for me to, to look at trying to get under that 220 time. And hopefully, there's you know, a few good runners down there that can help drag me along to, to get there. Yeah, 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 definitely, mate. Yeah, well, good luck with all those races. And, yeah, fingers crossed the prep goes well for, for Melbourne and the 220 can be broken. But, yeah, I still think there's several years in you to continue to improve. But, yeah, hopefully the purple patch continues for Aiden Hobbs. And, um, yeah, we'll keep keep tracking you on Strava and, and different results and things. So, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on, mate, to wrap up the uh, Gold Coast Marathon race. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ollie. Appreciate your time. Cheers, mate. Have a good night, eh? Hey? Take it easy now. Eh? <laughs> Cheers, you too. See ya.